da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. I am joined right now on the Mad About Movies podcast, this throwback version of the podcast. Yeah, another one. I'm joined by Brian Gill tonight, and uh, we're going to talk Looper with Richard Barden Mm. here in a little bit. We had a great conversation. We've been saving it for a good time, and this this feels like the week, Brian. It feels has the energy of the week that we released the Looper Mm -hmm. conversation. We Um, could have talked about bad science fiction this week with Ghost in the Shell, but instead we talked about this. Let's throw it back to a good one. (laughs) <laughs> and an interesting one because uh, the director, Ryan Johnson, is directing The Last Jedi, which comes out later mm-hmm. this year. So we talk mm-hmm. a little bit about uh, his directorial skills, which are, spoiler alert, superb. <laughs> not a fan. I'm not, not a fan. A, not a fan. Just don't, un- just don't get it. <laughs> You're going to be very spoiled. I mean, very disappointed by Brian's opinion, though, if you uh, think <laughs> yeah. that. But... Excited to talk about that later and share that with the listener, but Brian and I wanted to jump on here beforehand mm-hmm. and talk a little bit of movie news, rumors, and rumblings. Mm. Oh, yes. Those rumblings. Just mm, fantastic. So a couple of rumblings have become movie news over the past couple of weeks, Brian. And uh, mm-hmm. the first one of those being, we finally have a trailer for Thor Ragonk. <laughs> as it will forever be known on this podcast yeah absolutely thor Rock- that's good man yeah. Gosh. yeah thor three as it uh or thor Ragnarok, <laughs> and it looks different i'll say that brian yeah yeah well let me ask you this kinto where were you on the thor part of the marvel cinematic universe where did you stand on, <sighs> on thor that's tough uh let me rank my avengers right now Okay. Iron Man, yeah. Captain America, mm-hmm. Thor, okay, the Hulk, yeah, Black Widow, Hawkeye. So there you go. <laughs> That's fair. So he ranks Hawkeye. right in the middle. Yeah, Hawkeye. It's just come on. He's just doing the best. I should actually him, rank you know? Black Widow ahead of the Hulk because I really don't. I don't get the Hulk. I, I've never really. I guess he <laughs> he breaks stuff up. I mean, there's cool stuff you can do with the Hulk, but I just feel like it's kind of a. One trick yeah. pony, you know, it's just angry and mean and breaking everything all the time. Well, that's uh, a secret. They, He's always angry. Yeah. I actually kind of liked Edward Norton's Hulk better than Ruffalo. I understand Ruffalo fits this kind of yeah this uh, yeah. tandem, the Robert Downey Jr. tandem. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I liked Edward Norton and what mm-hmm. uh, what that movie is as a kind of a standalone comic book movie. And I think it has its moments, but I I couldn't see Edward Norton being. In the current Avengers, I think that might might have been kind of weird, weird dynamic. I think Ruffalo yeah. brings the right thing, but as far as Thor, right there in the middle. I mean, okay. I, I understand it. I, I like the actual galactic elements of it, how it kind of brings that the uh, the Asgard, the Asgardians, and there's a reason for all that when the Avengers comes around and Loki and everything. So I understand mm-hmm. its significance, and and I like that part of it, but uh, didn't like Thor two at all. Yeah, uh, Thor 1 had its moments. It was actually better than we all expected, probably, mm-hmm, uh, with mm-hmm. a few exceptions, Kat Dennings. And uh, <laughs> the new one is definitely different. I think Marvel kind of, uh, from the looks of it, from the looks of the trailer, they probably kind of sat back and were like, okay, well, the last one sucked. How can we make this not suck anymore? Yeah. And they said, 
you know, let's just Thor has become a fun character in these this series, you know? He's yes. become comic relief when you would think he would just be all muscle, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. uh they embrace that and they say, let's just let Thor do Thor things and uh totally make it more lighthearted, it seems. It, from the looks of the trailers, more brightly colored, mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. uh not the dark world with the which was the actual title of the second one. And Gosh. uh and it looks like they're totally gonna cross it over a little bit more with the, the the Hulk was teased in the in the trailer and maybe a guardian or two will show up in this. Um apparently they're gonna try to cross those over at some point, but the more popular Guardians get that I, I would think they would maybe want to keep Guardians its own thing and maybe even spin off Guardians into a Rocket and Groot movies and things like that. Mm-hmm. And they can do that without ever crossing over with the Avengers and make a ton of money. So um what are your thoughts? Yeah, look, I Thor the first Thor is I think is criminally underrated in that it works at all because it shouldn't work. It should be <laughs> it's sh- that should be the movie where you're like like Disney and Marvel executives had to be nervous about that one because it just it it has a completely different feel than Captain America or Iron Man or any of that. Just I'm just mean in terms of the character and the settings and all that sort of stuff, but it works really well especially the stuff that is related to Kenneth Branagh, man. Kenneth Branagh. Great. You know, look, it turns out if you hand over your big blockbuster movies to really talented directors, they can make decent things out of them. So, um, that one works particularly well with, with the Asgard stuff, with Loki, with Odin, all that kind of stuff. The dark world sucks for a a variety (laughs) of reasons. Number one, that the title tells you exactly how dark the color palette of the movie is. It is almost unwatchable, like you can't see the screen. It's so incredibly dark. But two, because too much of it, I think, takes place on Earth or or related to Earth and Jane and, and all this sort of stuff. Which So it, it seems to me like this this movie, uh, Thor Ragonk, has they've basically said, you know where Thor works is not on Earth. And you know who really doesn't work in Thor is, is Natalie Portman. Portman. And no no offense to Natalie Portman and her Oscar, but she just she never had anything to do in this franchise at all. And if you're not going to give her anything to do, then set her free and let her go do other things. Uh, and it kind of seems like that's that's what they they're doing here. I God. love yeah. I love 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 the idea of handing this off to uh, Tahika Watiti. I'm sure I butchered that. I apologize, but he has such a brilliant comedic mind. I think that that works really well for Thor. I love the idea of of kind of the buddy movie with or buddy road trip movie with Thor and Hulk. I think that's kind of a perfect way to use Banner, Banner and Hulk and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I was nervous about this one just from photos and like Thor two is to me still is the only one in the, the only movie in the Marvel cinematic universe that I think is not just like, okay, like it's not a good movie. It's, it's pretty bad actually. And I think it gets worse with, with age and with viewings. I've seen it two or three times and I hate it more every every single time. So I was a little bit nervous. Uh this kind of calmed those fears. This is super Guardians, right? It's just it really seems it like they've taken the the Guardians uh tropes and like the the themes that you want to hit in a Guardians trailer and and cross it over to Thor. And I think that that actually fits this world much better than uh maybe I'm I, I might have expected coming in. Yeah, I I understand uh, kind of the reason for the Guardians 
uh, crossover, not the crossover, but kind of homaging or playing off what the success of that. Because a lot of superhero movies have done that lately. I mean, how many pop music songs can we fit into trailers nowadays? Not to say they're the first ones that did it, but it just becomes, it, it was kind of the first ones to cross it over with mm-hmm. science fiction in the way that they did. You know, why are we hearing a hooked on a feeling while I'm watching spaceships fly around? It makes no yeah. sense. Why am I listening to Jackson 5 while Rocket and Groot are doing something like these, this tree and this raccoon are having a part? It makes no sense. But somehow it works. Like, it's just, you know, credit to James Gunn. And we'll talk about Guardians more when Guardians Volume 2 comes out here in a month or two. I guess it's just about a month. They got a May release date this time. Yes, yes. So, uh, having said that, are are we, this is maybe the exception, but are we done with the Immigrant Song in trailers? Uh, I I think this is the last time. You got, this is the last time you can use it. Because of, it works really well here. Because of the lyrics. great. But that's it. Like we Hammer of the again. Gods. Yeah, got to have you know, five years off. Yeah, uh, I think it works for, that's why I said there's an exception for Thor, because there's homages to Thor in the song. Yeah. But it's, I don't know. It, I, I think it, the last time I needed that was the Trent Reznor cover of that, the Dragon Tattoo trailer, mm-hmm. Girl the Dragon Tattoo. Yeah. The, yeah. Oh, that was great with uh, Karen O, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. So that was yeah. that. That was the pinnacle for me for that song in a trailer, and even though it added a lot here, it feels like Bohemian Rhapsody at this point. Just yeah, just, just yeah, make a movie, throw Bohemian in, yeah. Rhapsody into the trailer, and you'll be good. <laughs> just ask yeah. Suicide Squad. You know they're right. they're fine. Um, Gosh, yeah. It, at least it's not Sympathy for the Devil. That's where we cannot have Sympathy for the Devil in another movie <laughs> ever. Not not a hiatus, <laughs> not a suspension. No, we it's done. We can't. Please allow me to Gosh, introduce. I'm getting to the point where it's like if that happened in a Star Wars movie, I'm just gonna automate. It's like a. It's there's no. I don't have a choice. I'm sorry. It's an F. It's an F. You can't. You can't use this movie, this song anymore in movies. Remember when Focus made that song like the oh, pinnacle gosh. plot point of the movie? Yeah. Like we'd never heard it before. Lord. Yeah. And yeah. they just looped it, yeah. it felt like, for 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. That You're was killing dumb. it. You're killing it. Also, this has taken a, like a sort of a dip lately, and I'm very glad, but I feel like we're right about to have a resurgence. How You Like Me Now. Remember I for like about three now. years when that was in every single movie? That was the worst. I don't, I just, I feel like it's going to make a comeback at some point, and that makes me very nervous. Oh, we don't no. need that. Let's, let's hope. Let's hope for Richard's sake that Jack White, Seven Nation Army, or the White Stripes doesn't become <laughs> big again. That He hate. He hates the fact that Jack White was used in the Justice League trailer. He he didn't <laughs> Me mention too. it at first. Oh, He's like hoping we wouldn't so notice. Angry. I'm like, yeah. it's the first song. I was like, oh, poor Jack, right? Yeah. He's like, uh, what? I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but here's a question for you, Brian. Is Chris Hemsworth a movie star? <sighs> like, where does very... he stand right now? It's a very difficult question for me, Kit, because I bought a lot of Chris Hemsworth stock when Chris Hemsworth stock became available, and I I thought I I watched him in Star Trek, uh, and then and then in Thor, you know, a year later or whatever, and I thought this this is a movie star. This is this guy is cut from a, a certain cloth that we don't have in stock very often anymore. We don't make many people like this, and I'm not sure dude i'm not sure if it's gonna play out he's very very good at this uh but his movies are also 
not quite as well received as like Captain America or Iron Man or or any of those. And I don't know that he's done anything else outside of this world where you're like, yes, there we go. I mean, Ghostbusters and the Huntsman movies are terrible. Uh, Heart of the Sea crashed and burned. I, I just, Black Hat was awful. I'm looking at his filmography and it's just, yeah. it's not great. And so if you're a movie star, yeah. you have to be able to carry a film and it has, and it, and these are not, this doesn't count. Like Thor's great. He's great as Thor, but it's, it's the character and the content. It's the property that carries these movies. It's not, it's not him. So I, I think he still has potential to be a movie star because he's, he's beautiful. He's talented. He's funny. That helps. That helps a lot. And when it comes to, uh, to swaying the movie star vote, because you hope that, that humor translates to charisma, if nothing else. Um, but I'm not, I'm not so sure, and that bums me out because I'm a big Chris Hemsworth guy, and I thought, I thought when we saw him for the first time, like, yeah, this is it. This guy, this guy's a movie star, and uh, I'm not sure where I, I don't you know, know who's kind of occupied that. the, believe it or not, the Chris Hemsworth place in our movies is Channing Tatum, right? Yeah, like he does yeah. all the the big blockbustery kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But he also can do a Tarantino movie or show up and do Magic Mike and things like that. Like, he's a yeah. movie star. Yeah. Like, absolutely. if there was no Channing Tatum, I feel like Chris Hemsworth would be a way bigger deal. Yeah. You know what that's I mean? A, that's a great point because Thor came out in 2011. I would, I don't have Channing Tatum's filmography right in front of me, but I know 21 Jump Street was 2012. And I feel like that's where it jumped off for, for Channing Tatum of like, mm-hmm. he's not just, because I wasn't a huge fan at all. Like, I actually kind of hated Channing Tatum up until 21 Jump Street and since then have seen like 2012 really good and, and stuff. it was Magic Mike and yeah. 21 Jump Street and Man. uh he did This is the End in 2013. Yeah, that was so, a great spot for him. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth yeah, just right. has just like has been Fox stuck catcher. Jeez, yeah. I mean, not stuck. You can't be stuck in the Avengers cuz I mean, they're set mm-hmm, for life mm-hmm. just for being in the Avengers series, you know, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. But uh I mean, he kind of struck out like you would think like in the heart of the sea with Ron Howard directing, you would think that would be like his movie star moment, you know, like yeah. that's, that's where he would really come into his, but after that, I mean, he did the Huntsman. Mm. Yes. Yeah. The Huntsman sequel. Oh, yeah. I forgot that Not even bad. came out. Not good. Wow. Not good, man. Um, the Ghostbusters, I mean, you would think that would have worked too. You know, that he's was like a funny role he, at least. I mean, he was, you know, you understand, yeah, but as a movie, that. it didn't, nobody oh, yeah. saw it. Like nobody no. probably even remembers that he was in it. Mm. And, we're gonna uh, get some emails now. You mentioned it. People were oh, I remember he was emails. in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that one seems to stir the pot every time I mention that one. <laughs> I mean, he kind of he's made some bad choices, like a vacation reboot. Yeah, you know, I mean, not, not good. You know, I'll say this: I've seen all these movies, so that's something. Like, I, I know I see a lot of movies, but there's plenty. Of, we go through on filmography for a lot of people who are would be movie stars, and I haven't seen everything that they're in. I've watched all these movies. Most of them have not been good. Rush was great. He was really good in Rush. Yeah. Um, so that's, there's that. Uh, in the Heart of the Sea was just, that's kind of a John Krasinski sort of. He's getting krasinski this whole, yeah. his whole like, career you just think, lately. Man, that's, that's a winner. That's a great book that everybody loves. It's freaking Ron Howard. It's going to be out in December. This is a winner. Nope, not at all. Not at all. So uh, I don't know, man. I, I would like to see him get out and do something. Like I feel like he could turn the tide by making one good choice in a non-Marvel movie. So 
you know, let's here's hoping because my stock is, uh, you know, I put a lot of money in this. I think he's still the superior Hemsworth brother. If we're no if we're question, debating there's Hemsworth's, no question. Yeah, he's there's the no superior. question. But you know what, Liam has that that uh, that Chris doesn't is he a relationship he with does, Judd Hirsch? Because <laughs> we know he has that. He does seem to pick. Uh, smaller roles a little bit better than than him. Hemsworth is de- Chris is definitely doing, with the exception of Ghostbusters, he's definitely trying to uh to get every big role that he can get. Whereas Liam is, I think know, it's he'll show up in in the yeah. third Expendables. You know, it's he'll, become he'll a bit Hunger Games. It's if cool. you if yeah, if you can't get Chris, just call Liam. Like, yeah, I guarantee yeah. you, they wanted Chris Hemsworth for the Expendables too. And they're like, <laughs> no, he's Thor. So no, it was in 2012. You know, yeah, and uh, he did the Expendables too. Was Liam Hemsworth? So so it says Hemsworth on the uh, on the like you know it says Stallone, Statham, Couture, Hemsworth. So you're like, oh, Chris Hemsworth, yeah. And then you watch it, and it's it's oh, Liam, man. and you're like, oh man, yeah. And then spoiler alert, he dies like five minutes. <laughs> oh the man, yeah. Chris Hemsworth died. I there's probably people that don't still don't even know yeah. they're two different people. Yeah. Uh, apparently, he's doing Chris's a Star Trek reboot. Yeah, so I don't really understand what this is. I just Captain saw that Kirk too. Character? I'm very confused. I I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I I've Un, heard... untitled Star Trek sequel. So now he's listed as in uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. So maybe it's just like flashbacks. I think I it know. was a voice or flashback or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. could be that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, wow! Just saw the poster for this Sandy Wexler Netflix mm. original with Looks Adam great. Sandler. Looks great. Yeah, can't wait. I don't. I heard him on the Howard Stern show this morning, and God bless it's Howard. So but depressing. He, man. I don't know what to, to think about Sandler anymore. He was there with Rob Schneider, so that made it even better. Oh gosh, stop hanging out with Rob. <laughs> just like in that step one, just like hey, hey stop guys, hanging out with the least talented yeah. person you have ever worked with. He, he's like, I always have to convince people that Rob's funny. Oh, well, no duh. Well, yeah, exactly. We stopped yeah. thinking he was funny in yeah. 2017 years ago. And yeah. when Deuce yeah. Bigelow 2 came out, we were like, all right, we're done. We're, yeah. we're fine. Yeah. But also no. seems to be maybe a reprehensible human being. So maybe, I don't know, just <laughs> find different people. Like Spade's awesome. We, yeah. we are big David Spade fans because he, man, he leans into everything that he does. Just hang out with him. You, you're friends with freaking Chris Rock, one of the 10 funniest people on the planet. Just, just hang out with him. Stop hanging out with Kevin James and Rob Schneider. <laughs> That's the main key to life at this point. Oh, wow. Well, if, if that happens, Pixels 3 or Pixels Gosh. 2 will not happen. So What a beating. We need yeah. him and Kevin James to hang out as much humanly yeah. possible. No. <laughs> no, and guy, Brian, I'm yeah. a big Adam Sandler fan. Like, I say that as somebody who grew up yeah. the biggest, so, in, in the Sandler, when Sandler was the biggest deal of all time, I was his target demographic. You know, mm-hmm. I was 13 yeah. years old or whatever. So, I love Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison. I probably will always love those two movies, but outside of that, you know, Big Daddy a little bit, maybe Mr. Deeds. No, you know, little Nikki. No, yeah. There's just not nothing he's done since Jack and Jill and Grown Ups and all that have been <laughs> Jack into. Jack and Jill. Gosh. Remember that one? Jack and Jill. Man, what a what a filmography. The deal with Sandler, and I'm sure that I and we have said this on the show before, but. 
The deal with Sandler to me is that he tried. He tried to go out and do something different that wasn't stupid lowbrow toilet humor. And no one, uh, everyone and hated nobody, it. Yeah. yeah, everyone hated it. No one respected it because he's very good in Spanglish. He's very good in Rain Over Me, Punch which Drunk Love. sucks. Rain Over Me is a terrible movie, but he is very good in it. Mm-hmm. Punch Drunk Love, he's great. He's great. That movie's great. He is great. Funny people. Funny people. Yeah. Uh, funny people has a lot of flaws, and it it reeks of Judd Apatow of like, dude, can you make this not six and a half hours long? Can we, <laughs> can we just scale it back a little bit? But he is great in that movie, and everyone ignored it. And so now he... Now he just makes twenty million dollars a movie to make Sandy Wexler, you know, and so it's it's in some levels you're like, okay, you kind of, I to me, I like kind of give him a pass in some ways because it's he still seems like he's uh, a fun guy, uh, and he he tried and no one took him seriously, so now I guess at some point you're just like, fine, just give me the money, I'll, but surely he knows that his stuff sucks, like I. I would really feel better about it if he would just come out and be like, yeah, I know this sucks, but these idiots keep buying it. So here it is. It's uh, it's pretty funny. I was reading Judd Apatow's book the other day, Sick in the Head, which is basically what Apatow did was he recorded on tape, like conversations with him and his friends, comedians, you know, since 1983, since he was like a teenager. Mm. And so he wrote them in a, he just basically, you know, transcribed them all into a book. And there's an interview in there with Sandler that's from, 2011 or 12 and just read that and then think about what Sandler is now and it's so funny to hear him talk about like you know uh, he can't believe he's still doing this and as soon as I give up you'll all know and like stuff like that and Mm. I think it's obvious now Uh, by the way he's released two movies already on Netflix The Ridiculous Six and The Do-Over which I did not know even existed let's see what this is oh god dude don't it's painful what? to even look at. <laughs> the poster is him on an island with a gun with David Spade. <laughs> I have, did James. not did not know this even existed. Yeah. So obviously they advertised they're doing a great it job. pretty hard. Did yeah, they? they advertise it pretty hard? Like what? every time it wasn't Kevin James. I was thinking, uh, is Kevin James in this one? No, no. Okay. No, it's Spade and Sandler. Yeah. Like every time I turned on Netflix for a month, you know, that first homepage or that the first button that pops up is like, check out the newest trailer for the new Netflix movie, The Do Over. That's what I saw. And I just kind of just slowly turned my, my TV on. <laughs> just, just walk out of the room of Homer yeah. Simpson yeah. through the, through the <laughs> yeah. grass. You know? Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> right. Plays as I slightly walk away. Ridiculous Six is one of the probably 10 worst movies I've ever seen in my life. It's a just. Incredibly offensive, horribly unfunny movie. Okay, so, well, Sandler can't is... can imagine that this is better. Sandler's doing a Noah Baumbach movie next, so mm. maybe he's trying to step out again. Okay. With Emma Thompson and Ben Stiller. With Dustin mm. Hoffman. American Treasure Dustin Hoffman mm. on there, that too. That sounds like the right, the right thing to do, and somehow it will not work out. <laughs> or no it'll, be, it'll be Just men, men, women, it. and yeah. children or something, and oh, it'll, gosh, no one will see it, you that. know? Oh, it'll man. be oh wow you're working with jason reitman like it's coming out on oscar season and the trailer is really good wow yeah. sandler nice nice and then the movie God. came out and you're like whoa Ooh. the do-over has a lot of people that are decent like michael chiklis and Luis guzman uh, does anyone Matt say no Walsh. to sandler has anyone oh, said Catherine. no to sandler gosh Catherine hahn man i Surely they all got money whipped for this. My gosh, this just... I'm sure it was, like sad. you said, $20 million per mm-hmm. movie. 
Yeah, because yeah, yeah. They, they they pay that Netflix deal was they, huge. They pay Amy yeah. Schumer twenty million to do one stand up special, you know, or uh, Aziz or Louis C.K. Yeah. Do you and, feel like the Netflix money train is going to run out at some point? I'm a little no. nervous at this point. I, I don't know where they're getting their money from, dude. Like, it's they pay they get ten dollars from every person. <laughs> I that know has but Netflix. If you do the true. math, they're making a billion a month with how yes. many subscribers they have. They are sending it out so fast. Yeah, like, can't you can't pay you can't pay thirty million dollars a movie plus the budget for an Adam Sandler movie. Like you just Brian, can't. There's I don't know, you can't. There is absolutely no middleman between Netflix and your wallet. You know what I mean? There, <laughs> that's true. It is going direct. That's there's true. no there's no fee that they have to give up. Transaction fees to middle party companies and stuff. They scan your credit card. And that movie, that money goes straight to doing stuff like this. And yeah. but I love it though because Netflix will throw out four new shows a week, like four new series a week. Slow and down, it's just like, Netflix. I can't keep up. Slow down. You know, one of them a month people care about. You know, right yeah. now it's that Thirteen Reasons Why, the yeah. Selena yeah. Gomez series. That's right. everyone's talking about it. Next week it'll be something else. Last week it was <laughs> Louis Louis C.K. stand up that they just put yeah. on there. The week before yeah. that it's you know some documentary that they. Put out, yeah. you know, it's, I, I really like it. It's become every week you go on there and it's like a checking the TV guide or something used to be, yeah. you know, oh it's my crazy. gosh, like this new show's premiering. I got to see it, you know, but the we great thing it. about it is, is you can binge it immediately. Yeah, the whole true. series. It's not like you're going to wait six months. If you <laughs> yeah. watching the new 24 series on, or the Americans or something like that, you have to wait six months for a season to end. Mm. Netflix Man. got it right when they were just like, you know what? Screw it. Make house of cards, throw <laughs> it up, go. see what happens. Yeah. And everyone, what works? Yeah, I'd never you know, even heard the the phrase binge worthy until <laughs> House of Cards came out. You know what I yeah. mean? So Crazy. it's 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 Netflix is doing just fine. They 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 are the movie business right now. And when 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 stars as big as Sandler are aren't even making movies in theaters anymore, and they're just doing that, that's kind of when you know the tide has turned because people don't want to leave their house anymore, and I'm one of them. <laughs> So <laughs> at least once a day we get an email, tweet, something from somebody who's like, Hey, have y'all watched this? You need you really need to check this out. And I'm like, No, I haven't watched that because there's nine million TV shows and every <laughs> freaking day Netflix puts something else out. Like, I would really like to watch Peaky Binders. When the heck am I ever gonna have time to watch that? Because there's fourteen new shows I gotta deal with today. Like right. no. Just go ahead and assume. Have you watched this? If if you're asking me if it's not The Americans or Fargo or Better Call Saul, no, I have not watched it. And I don't know when I'll ever get to it. Sorry. I'm trying, but goodness gracious, every day there's something. I really don't know how their algorithm works exactly, but if you look on their trending now section on there, it every single one of them except Better Call Saul on here is a Netflix original. <laughs> It's amazing. Yeah, they're brilliant. Yep, yep. It's so, crazy. It's crazy. But they are uh they're doing just fine. I love that they bring back shows like Black Mirror, you know, like we'll take that. Mm-hmm, we'll just do mm-hmm. it over here. And it's just as good and it's a place where people can actually you know, express their creative vision on Netflix. I feel like more than you can on HBO even. Yeah. They they throw everything on Netflix. So the most obscure animation to the most intense documentaries like the making a murderer. I mean, that's one of the best, <laughs> maybe the best documentary series I've ever seen. And that was on Netflix. So mm-hmm. never would have thought, man, never would have thought the the streaming thing is where they, they really hit it because I remember when, when I first got Netflix, of course it was DVDs 
but they came out with a streaming service and they used to send you a disc that you would put in your PlayStation or Xbox <laughs> yeah, that you yeah. had to play on your PlayStation to order to, to stream the movies. And I remember thinking, man, if they can get this right, this is going to, this is going to be all anything ever anyone ever does. Cause they had so many movies on there and I couldn't believe I could just watch anyone I wanted whenever mm-hmm. I wanted instead of paying an extra thing. So the subscription service and everything that they've got going on over there, man, it has changed. It's changed the world as much as the iPhone has, you know, in the, in the, in the past couple of years, the streaming mm-hmm. industry has changed the way movies are made. And it's, it's crazy. I, I, it makes you admire people that go out like Tarantino and, and uh, Inuritu, guys like that, that actually go out and shoot movies and put them out on, in theaters made for big screens, you know, because this is where the industry's gone. Yeah. And uh, everyone's just going to go to TV eventually. I'm, I'm convinced of that. Yeah. Movies are going to become too expensive. Do Every- so much with it. You can that, do that you, medium just is so open to what you can. Yeah, you can do just you can tell stuff. real stories there. Yeah. That's the thing. That's you're, you're going to get. I mean, Better Call Saul is so great. And you can't, you couldn't do that on, uh, you know, in a movie. And same with, obviously, the Americans. But like, there's plenty of stuff that I, I think back when we were coming up in, in the, in the TV game, uh, in the mid 2000s, there were so many TV shows that you thought, man, this would be a lot better if it wasn't 22 episodes long, or man, this would be a lot better if it was like two hours long wow. instead of all this. And that's kind, it's the exact opposite now. You, it's, it's so, it's so full of shows out there they're just like man they're just telling rich full stories and taking advantage of you know 10 13 maybe occasionally 20 episodes it's it's crazy this is a movie i just saw on netflix a netflix original movie called the discovery with jason siegel rooney mara robert redford and jesse plemons and that's a netflix original movie i mean it's that's what i mean chance. like as sooner or later people are just like well, we'll just do this we're making more money and we can do whatever we want and anyone can see it too. That's yeah. the great thing. Going to a theater, you're limiting yourself to your potential audience right there. Mm-hmm. Anyone mm-hmm. who has Netflix can see your movie yeah. at that point. I think, didn't they put the internship or the intern um, interview, actually? That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The Seth Straight Rogen uh-huh. movie with James Franco about the North Koreans. When that yeah. got canceled out of the theater, they put that on straight on Netflix, and it was like the highest viewed thing of all time you know it, it's and it's, it's the number movie, one yeah. most purchased movie on the internet and because people <laughs> knew that the only place they could get it was online so mm-hmm. it was uh it, was, it wasn't a bad it was funny in in parts it was not <laughs> one of their best it was i thought i thought franco was pretty funny in that randomly as the uh as the interviewee guy <laughs> but um haven't watched it since i saw it but yeah I remember thinking, wow, this is perfect for Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. like I, I wouldn't have not wanted to see this in the theater. So I'm glad I'm watching it on online. Mm-hmm. Um, that was two, yeah. like two years ago, three years ago. We, we canceled a movie because North Korea got mad. And look where we are. They now. hacked like, Sony to death. Life comes at you fast, man. This is just. <laughs> remember that? So, yeah. When everyone at Sony time. got fired yeah. because of a, a mm-hmm. movie, because they. Th- yeah. Jokingly kill Kim Jong Un in a, yep. in a uh, in a movie. Wow, mm, what a time! All right, well, let's do a quick recommend before we talk Looper, since we don't mm-hmm. recommend anything there. Uh, I'm going to recommend Documentary Now, which is just on Netflix, oh, season yes. two. 
Great I'm like series. halfway through season one, and then I've got to get into season two. But again, there's nine billion different shows that came out today, so I'm I'm just having trouble, having trouble, can't trying to keep up. I am too. Uh, what are you gonna recommend? I've already mentioned it two or three times, so I'll just go ahead and, and throw it out again. Better Call Saul season three just started on on the uh, AMC or wherever you find TV shows. It's so freaking good. It's so good. Uh, American Treasure Bob Odenkirk is the best and uh if you're uh if you're a breaking bad fan which i mean who isn't this season they're they're bringing back gus gus is going to be a part of this season and that was oh. that was quite the i gus might have been the best part of breaking bad for me i loved gus spring so. remember when we saw john carlo esposito talk at yeah. at uh fan expo yeah, Dallas, you know what's weird? He, he was like the coolest guy us. of all time. Yeah, yeah. It was it was weird that he didn't yell at us. Um, like a certain totally doctor. humble and to, to, yeah. yeah, totally humble and nice human being. Mm-hmm. Unlike uh, <laughs> unlike Radagast. <laughs> but that's good. Oh, all right. Well, Richard will join us right now, and we will talk Looper. Boom. Hey, ma'am, fam. Question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. I could have sworn. Actually, we put some money on it, a small side bet. Uh-huh. We don't. Small, we don't, like $100,000 each. We've right. actually. We've <laughs> Thanks all, to that podcast money. <laughs> we've all been banned from taking out more than 100000 at a time for a different reason. Mm-hmm. So we could. Each took out 100K and put money on the fact that we had done an episode on Looper in the past. And I was wrong. Yep. I, so just, I've got your money. See you I jokers later. I remember 
doing this and talking about this and start and my own podcast. The last time mad about me. we talked about it, <laughs> I think was maybe on a radio show or something. I know, yeah, I know that I've had this conversation before because I, there was so much about it that I remembered points that I made about the movie and like you know Easter eggs that I had talked about yeah. in the movie and things like that. But I can't find it, or he didn't do it, or. I didn't record it or didn't put it online. Something yeah. like that. I think we talked about it on the radio because you guys used to have a radio show. Just in case the listener doesn't know, uh, until we were uh, right. escorted from the building <laughs> unceremoniously, um, mid show too. Yeah, it's just really mean at like midnight on a Friday night. Uh, where do they even find security? <laughs> but you guys used to have a radio show, and I would come in and and sit in a few times and. Yep. I really think the first time Those that I worst sat in, yeah, as as everyone would attest, uh, <laughs> I think the first time I sat in was right after this movie came out. Yeah. So maybe we talked about it then. And I know Kent, you and I did, but Gruber, a like a a full episode where Richard wasn't there, and it was just me and you, and we talked. All we did was talk about movies, and that would have been at the end of 2012. So probably mm-hmm. you and I talked about this. I would think. maybe, but I remember like look at that at least, Basically an hour of talking about it. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back and find that. And the rest of this episode is just going to be that. So okay, we won't even cool. have to talk about See you guys later. Bye. So sorry you came over. but So we're back um, at MAM HQ talking Looper um, as part of our weekly throwbacks here. I guess it's become weekly at this point. And this movie came out because Ryan Johnson, who wrote genius. and directed this, is has written and directed the next star Wars movie the, that we are. That's been see. announced. It has. Okay. The yeah. last cool Jedi. sports news, <laughs> the last Jedi, which is a couple months away at this point. Not, yeah. We were too far. We we're like, yeah, Brian, I can almost sense the, your breathing's getting a little yeah. heavier by the month. <laughs> yeah. Does it, does it uh, get under your skin or kind of nerd you out, Brian, knowing that, the movie is pretty much done. And yeah. There, and people have seen it. Duh. Show me. Yeah. yeah. The, they, I think it was at the Disney shareholders meeting yeah. where they screened it for some people. Right. Like it's pretty much, there's a DVD out there with it, the movie on. How many somewhere. shares of Disney do you have to have to go to the meeting? Cause what if you just cost one share <laughs> and just demand you gotta it? have a lot. Just, and just their shares it. probably like yeah. 300 bucks, but it's cost yeah. 300 bucks and you can see all the Disney movies sure. ahead of time. Might it's be worthwhile investment. I am going to come up with a fake illness and tell them that I'm dying and I need to see the movie before I die. All off fanboys. They're not going to follow that. Fall for that again. though. After <laughs> no, a new hope <laughs> that happened with, a. Force Awakens and the guy died like before yeah. the movie even came out. Yeah. So he really did need to see it. But when or he said did he did he, he? Yeah. <laughs> did he die? He died. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he actually died. So I don't know. I think, the, disagree I think the death part of it kind yeah. of proves that he yeah. died. Close <laughs> casket. Uh, anyway. So it does exist, but by by the amount of times you've gone to Disney World, they should have just given you Disney <laughs> stock at this point. It's like, you're a part of the company now, sure. sir. We see you pretty much daily at this point. So this one, uh, Looper, I guess is Ryan Johnson's last hoorah, last kind of... Yeah, it's his most small, recent film. Small kind of self, mm-hmm. uh, you know, passion project kind of thing, because I'm sure... After Star Wars, he's going to get every offer on the planet. Oh, yeah. He can do whatever he wants at this point. Between this and between Star Wars and, and his work on Breaking Bad, um, it would be difficult. He would have to have something that's really out there to not be able to get financing for it at this point. 
Yeah. And he was on our list of directors, I think in 2012 when, or 2013, when we talked about who would we want to direct a star Wars movie yeah. uh-huh. when they announced him, he was on that list, but we always said he will never do it because he's like Tarantino. He only does stuff he thinks of right. and he'll direct himself. And he's very kind of not self-absorbent, but very, um, self-sufficient, I guess. Sure. In that regard, but turns out, yeah, we'll, we'll let you write and direct a, your own Star Wars movie. <laughs> so he's probably, yeah, sure. All as right. long as I can do what I normally do and kind of do my process on it. That's awesome. So they made the same offer to me and I declined. What a fool. Ah, I stand by it. <laughs> he wrote the story for as well Cinematic Universe. for episode nine. Yeah. So hopefully Trevor doesn't, which he will ruin Star Wars. <laughs> I'm, money is on it is just so awful. i know that that's going to be the worst like i can't i, I think it'll be fine yeah Colin i think it'll be fine. is i think he's a good director he just <sighs> he made a movie where in which the studio clearly does not care about quality and they just want to make a fun movie. yeah i think he'll he be made a theme park I, I think he's totally protected yeah uh, he's not bad enough to ruin the infrastructure that they have and i think they've proven too that if if it gets down to it and they start working on stuff with him and it isn't working that they'll kick him to the curb and bring somebody bring jj back or bring ryan johnson back or somebody hopefully josh trank was supposed to direct a star wars kent and they said nope we're out he was gonna do the han solo one was that what it was or was it an episode no it was one that they it was gonna be boba fett yeah the, but they canceled it or they put it on the show They're like not only are we not doing this with you we don't even want to do this period <laughs> right right you were that miserable we're just gonna start completely over i think the concept of Boba Fett, people were kind of skeptical on, and then Josh Trank's involved, so let's definitely do this. <laughs> let's wait know? to see all this Fantastic like Fourth. Oh, ooh, wait canceled. a second. Yeah. Definitely didn't help anything. I think uh, I read an article. This has nothing to do with Looper, but while we're on the subject, yeah, we, read an article last week on topic, about so Mads Mikkelsen and Mads Mikkelsen going to audition for Fantastic Four. Oh, yeah. And he said yeah. he just walked out and was like, I can't do this. <laughs> Good <laughs> for him. the greatest decision. Gosh. Man, He's probably going to be Dr. Right Doom, and that would have been horrible. Okay, so we are talking about Looper. Richard is researching Looper or something. Or I'm just, Looper. I play with dots on my phone. Oh, he's I, playing a game. Okay. So no I can think clearly. Oh, okay. In that case, you can't um, see me Brian and I will be discussing Looper. No, I'm in. And we are actually screening it right now, but this yep. is a weird one because going back and watching it, it feels like a little, a lot older than it. It is. Yes, Does right. that make sense? Is that yes. weird? Doesn't no, this feel like it was mid nineties or something? It's very it, noirish. Which it is, is like bri- a lot like brick in that way. Yeah. Yeah. It has its own. Um, I mean, it's sci-fi, but it's set in thirty years in the future, but not in a future that's totally a hundred percent dystopian, like right. we would expect. It's very subtly futuristic. It's the, to me, this is like the way to do the future. I love this. Was Logan was kind of this way too. Mm-hmm. I love this. I, I think his Ryan Johnson's vision is incredible, um, and it comes so beautifully to the screen here. But I think one of the smartest things that he did with this movie is creating a, a world that seems not just realistic, but like ultra realistic. Yes, like absolutely. this is very much what society could look like, at least in terms of the aesthetic and the technology and whatnot in 30 years like it's it's a it's a reasonable thing to to expect 
not totally out of the realm of possibility that scary too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess it is kind of out of the realm of possibility that time travel could be a thing in 30 years. Like how long would, would time travel take to right. not only be a reality, but to be readily available to yeah. crime syndicates. Right. Yeah. yeah it's a, the, the, the sci-fi element of it, you have to, you have to just go with it. And and that's fine. I think that's part of the deal with with science fiction, with good science fiction, is just you know here's a premise, and then you either you're in or you're out. But you can aid that process by making sure that the setting feels authentic to whatever you're trying to to do. You know, it's it's this is this is Kansas in 2044, I think. Yeah. Um, and a lot of this looks pretty. It, to me, it just—it's always struck me as like that's a reasonable expectation for what trucks look like yeah. in twenty forty-four, or um, you know where we are at from a societal standpoint. It's that's a reason instead of like uh, like Back to the Future two, where it's like everybody's got hover jets and or hoverboards and uh, you know all this crazy stuffs happening. All that 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 was always kind of a that was a very old school look of like optimism optimistic opti- look at like what we think yeah cool. what we think the future is going to look like whereas now we're pretty sure the future is going to be bleak and terrible <laughs> and and uh that's <laughs> that's okay. don't have kids everyone. Yeah, I, that's fitting so yeah i think so um what what is the technology that they put on the trucks here is it is it i think it's like a tube that turns the exhaust back into fuel is it that what something it is? like that yeah yeah, yeah. It's where it's this renewable kind of energy mm-hmm. source of some kind it's not electricity it's not an electric vehicle but it's some way to recycle yes the, it, the fumes or something right like and doesn't that make sense that hope that maybe by 2044 we figured out instead of Two like chance. yeah <laughs> maybe by that point we figured out how to kind of recycle our stuff instead of just but we don't need to Brian. because all of the like the truck that that joseph gordon levitt drives is a 2012 truck yeah. with new technology added to it that's kind of the the genesis for a lot and that, that's that stands in for a lot of the stuff that happens throughout uh the movie technologically speaking. how about you say truck yeah <laughs> break it all up yeah <laughs> but was it was it a brand new chevy with a lift kit <laughs> <laughs> it did look a whole look lot better a with hell a lot better with him <laughs> under it yeah i know that yeah we should say that we went to lunch today. Gosh. Uh, Richard tortured us. And I, I drove, which is a mistake for everyone. Right. And I just blasted bro country the whole time. And it's, it's, it's for, worse than you think yeah, it is. It's even. worse than you think. Yeah. Yeah. It's aggressively bad. Do you think it's bad? It's much worse than that. <laughs> it's worse than bad. Um, so this movie really just does, is very simple. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I think maybe what kind of defines its simplicity is the, the time travel element in itself is the, it was just an easy cut, like right. a film cut. It's not like back to the future where there's this like flames and then this huge warping and then there's flying through the future. It's just like they appear, they disappear, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm sure the discussion was probably intense as far as, you know, pre-production. All right. How, how, how cinematically uh-huh. in film are we going to show the time travel? Yeah. And I bet often the best answer is the easiest answer. And I think it works super well here, especially at the end where you just appear out of nowhere. Yeah. And uh, instead of some sound effect or some wave of sonic wave or something happens, 
Um, I don't know why that works so well, but it does. When he's sitting there with the clock at the very beginning, and then all of a sudden, person appears and he shoots them immediately. You're like, wow, that that might actually be what it's like. If yeah, you did go back in time. Um, so I think like it's not over. They didn't overthink that, you know, and they yeah. didn't try to make it too crazy. Yeah, Ryan Johnson. When this movie came out, he did it because he's very accessible, uh, which is awesome. Um, he he did a lot of interviews and he. People had questions, and he always did a great job of answering those questions. I don't remember all this stuff anymore, but he did a great job of answering those questions, but a lot of it always fell back on, like, hey, look, it is it is a movie. Like, I can't tell you that this is how the science works exactly because it's not a science yet. Yeah. It's a movie. It's science fiction. And we try to base it in reality and make it a logical thing that could happen. But at some point you do have to just say it is a movie and I'm either accepted or I don't. And I think I think that's the best way to approach high-minded sci-fi. I've said this before. I'm sorry. But that's the best way to approach high-minded sci- science fiction is to come up with a logical premise and just go with it rather than spending a month trying to map out how the science works because it doesn't work because if you knew how the science works you could create time travel sure i think there's a funny you wouldn't waste it making uh <laughs> right, mid-range yeah. blockbusters right right <laughs> you just go back and kill baby hitler like everybody else i could <laughs> create something that would completely reimagine what it is to exist right or, <laughs> or I can make eighty million dollars. I can make movie. a realistic eighty million dollar movie <laughs> yeah, yeah. and make this nerd happy yeah. at this convention. Ah, make Neil I'm deGrasse Tyson <laughs> finally be like, "Yep." <laughs> <laughs> I know. I always hate that conversation too. It's funny because there is a, a meta kind of moment in the movie that I don't know if I had talked about previously, but uh, when we talked about this. In our past conversation that I distinctly remember. <laughs> that definitely happened, but it we happened. have no proof of. The scene where they're at the diner, and Joe meets older Joe, mm-hmm. and he says, older Joe, Bruce Willis says, listen, I'm not going to, I don't want to talk about time travel. Yeah. If I do, if we do, if we do that, we'll be here with making diagrams with straws all day. We <laughs> yeah, don't need that. Yeah. I basically yeah, saying to the viewer, yeah. don't think too hard about how this is possible. Right. Just know that it's possible right. and that it happens and just kind of suspend your disbelief. Mm-hmm. And I, it totally works for me on that level. hundred yeah. percent. And, um, also the fact that time travel, if it was real, would probably be illegal. Yeah. Like you can just yeah. do that all the time. And if it, if it was, uh, if it was illegal that people that would be doing, it would be cr- criminals and uh right. people trying to erase people's records maybe drug dealers or people trying to change no, the I past think people will use that technology solely for good like all technology <laughs> it's like like people have done nothing we've had the internet right people nothing have done bad nothing. Has come it's just that nothing us bad podcasting that. and that's it right sports scores here's a question for you pictures of dogs hypothetical if time travel was legal say next week uh-huh they're like, all right, guys, I'd down at the great. I'll be gone in a second. Down at, <laughs> down at Grapevine Mills, you can go pay twenty eight bucks and go back in time for thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah. So that's a real thing. Um, yeah. Where would you go immediately? You can go. You can go one place ever. You can't change anything. I in the would past, go by back. Way. Okay, you can't change. You're totally I would say, a, a witness. Mm-hmm. You can't. I would say I would go back and stop the guy that's gone back to kill me for super meta. <laughs> but because um, you know it's going to happen. At some yeah, point. exactly. I'm just waiting for it. Uh, so that if I can't 
stop anything huh what mm. like just basically you get to observe an area yeah, yeah like you're basically passive. just floating around i'd probably just go back to 2011 and <laughs> watch the maps oh, maybe so yeah like stanley cup or yeah. something <laughs> um i would go back yeah you don't want to go back too far because then it gets you yeah know, things get dicey pretty quick <laughs> t- dicey pretty quickly um oh man I'm trying to think what would be a cool culture, cultural Woodstock, moment. maybe, something yeah, like that. Yeah, but it's just like, ugh, it smells awful. You know, it's just like, <laughs> you can't smell if you're just. <laughs> I can smell. It's a full sensual experience. You're flying around and, like, basically no, as a spirit. Well, then I just won't watch smelling. a documentary, you know. No, if I can't fully experience it with all of my senses, then I don't, uh-huh. it's not worth time traveling. Then it's just a Blu ray. That's then, fair. So. Woodstock would smell too it. bad. I'd probably go to like, I don't know, I'd probably go to like Hamburg and see the Beatles maybe would be kind of cool. Yeah. Early 60s. Uh, Seattle early grunge maybe. Yeah. Be music based for <laughs> yeah, me probably. probably same. Or, or just like that, like find a real version of that pool party from Boogie Nights. <laughs> Throw on some short shorts and just kind of. Just, just kick it. Just kick it with uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman slash Corey. Anyway, it's always a, it's always an interesting Time travel in any movie is makes for a good plot line, like just just an A plot. If you um, do it well, yeah, yeah. If it's also it well. a, an awful cheat if you don't have a complete story and you're just like, well, but now they time travel. Now we can cover up all the holes. That that makes me Lost did that really poorly in one of their. I think season five of Lost is a time travel year, and it's just like. Every time they wrote themselves into a corner, then they were like, oh, time travel, bam. And then they'd go to another timeline, and that was a beating. Um, but yeah. we do it better. You can't, use, don't, you, don't, you can't use it as a crutch, right? Yes. You can only use right. it as exactly. something to kind of get the movie started. So this is a simple movie in the fact that uh, so loopers are people that kill people who are sent back in time. So right. the criminals will capture somebody maybe who they want to get rid of, you know, mm-hmm. somebody that's interrupting their business. And as a punishment to them, they send them back in time. Yeah. The idea is they it's kill difficult to, to dispose of bodies in the future. Right. There's some kind of tracking technology that alerts the authorities to your death, and therefore it's hard to, uh, hard to get rid of them. So bodies. when you do kill somebody, you have to send them back in time, and that essentially ends their life at that moment. Mm-hmm. So say Joseph Gordon-Levitt was sent back. Bruce Willis was sent back at, what, age 45? So if he had killed Bruce Willis right then, he, quote-unquote, closed his own loop. Right. So he knows, he he knows he's going to live yeah. till he's 45. Right. Like, that's, yeah. that's basically it. And as compensation, the mob gives you a huge payday yeah. to say, all right, well, here's a ton of money. At least go have fun for the next 45 years or whatever <laughs> yeah. until this is inevitably going to happen. And then there's a, another scenario, and I think they play in this really well in here, is letting your r- loop run. So you're, you're, you're basically your future self is sent back. You're sent to kill them, but they get away. Right. And you don't know where they are and anything that they do could affect your future. Of course, for And it just, it just makes everything go crazy. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great way to do it whenever. So it's from Gordon Levitt's perspective when he gets knocked out by Bruce Willis and yeah. then it flips and you see probably 10, 15 minutes of Willis's perspective. Right. And then when it cuts back to Willis's perspective um, to that moment where they meet, the camera is a wide shot and you see him knock out Gordon Levitt and it looks like the easiest knockout of all time. Yeah, like, yeah. When the camera's not right in the action, uh-huh. you know, it looks like yeah. a, it's a lot uh, 
a lot less grandiose, but uh, I think that was a fun choice by yeah. Johnson to do it that way. I don't know what you call the type of of violence in this. Like, there's got to be a term for it, but the way it's like when he shoots the guys with the blunderbuss and in that same spot where Bruce Willis punches him, it's like sped up a little bit. Like, it just, boom, He like the guy, like, jumps out, and it's <laughs> the same as with the punch. It's like very, and he's down, and it moves like one and a half times as fast as it should or something. And it's, I've always thought that was an interesting way to, to go the way, uh, interesting way to do that action set pieces and those, those sequences and stuff. So diners are always awesome in movies for some reason. Mm-hmm. And, uh, just, we talked about that a couple weeks ago with boogie nights. It's uh it's just always a great setting. Diners yeah, but... by the way are also always awesome in life. <laughs> yeah. Just in, just in life in general, big diner fan diner, the movie. I, yeah, I do have done it in the movie. Anyway, um, so vintage Rourke, old Joe and young Joe kind of meet for the first time. He, young Joe, Joe Levitt tells old <laughs> Joe to go there by carving the waitress's name on his arm, and so old Joe looks at his arm and sees a scar. Yeah, so he knows that obviously he did it. If he basically, if young Joe does anything. Yeah. Old Joe's going to feel up. it. Yeah. It's going to show up. I, I love cool that movie. aspect yeah. to it, too. Yeah. Very cool. And uh, it, maybe comment on it a little bit later is um, anything that happens in Joe's future or in Joe's present, mm-hmm. old Joe feels it. Right. Any kind of emotion that he has, any anything right. that happens to him. He says yeah. he doesn't know exactly what happened, but he feels like a, right. a hazy like or a foggy memory, foggy yeah. memories or stuff like that. And I love the fact that in that same diner scene, and that's maybe the best scene in the movie. This is a science fiction movie, and the best scene is a dialogue scene in a diner, yeah. right? Um, in that same scene where he says, you know what, I'm going to marry this girl, and here she is, you know. This is the girl I'm in love with, the the Asian girl. And he says, you know what, no, nah, I'm going to go marry another girl right now. Right. Like, that's yeah. not going to, like, I can... Yeah. Tell you that's not going to happen to me because I'm <laughs> yeah. not going to do it. Show me now, picture now that I know it's going to happen, I'm yeah. not going to do it. So yeah. that's not going to, you know, like it's a very yeah. weird thing for someone to say, here's your future. And for that to actually happen mm-hmm. willingly is probably, it'd probably be impossible, yeah. you know, if you knew what right. was going to happen. Right. If you knew I'm going to be married to this girl in 40 years, you'd probably be more reluctant because I don't want to be married to you in 40 years yeah. kind of a thing. It's yeah. weird. There's a lot to think about in that and he yeah. does a good job of fleshing out kind of all the different There's scenarios if you were to meet your future self what, right. what would what right. kind of conversation would happen it's kind of a psycho uh philosophical think piece in a lot of ways this movie oh, but in, a, in a popcorny sense which is fun it's a meeting of really high-minded thinking and and really kind of average-minded entertainment right and uh it works perfectly it's not it's not pretentious at all mm-hmm. it's weird how well Jeff Daniels works as kind of the antagonist Gosh, in this he's movie. Great. Yeah, he is great. He's so good when used correctly. Again, yeah, he is. He has a lot of, it, it, you know, Jeff Daniels and Jeff Bridges both. Yeah, uh, it's a Jeff thing. Uh-huh. You know, can either totally knock your socks off. Yeah, Jeff or, Foxworthy. Yeah. <laughs> or do R.I.P.D. You know, right? Slash whatever bad Jeff Daniels movie you want to pick out. Dumb and Dumber too. I'm not familiar with that one. I don't think that exists. <laughs> Definitely doesn't. Dumber and Dumber. I, I heard they might be making Dumber. another sequel to Dumb and Dumber. Well, let's stop that. That right was now. on Twitter earlier. Gosh. So that can't happen. It cannot happen. It will not happen. 
So this movie is about time travel. So Rachel McAdams is great. Um, shows <laughs> she's up great as Emily Blunt yeah. as that character. Yeah, she was. Amazing performance. She's yeah. so good. I, everyone talks about the makeup of Joseph Gordon-Levitt to look like Bruce Willis, but the makeup for Rachel McAdams yeah. to look like Emily it's Blunt amazing. is even more Both impressive. beautiful women, but totally different. <laughs> yeah, it's like, why didn't she just look at herself? Yeah. But I think she just... Starring meta joke. Rachel McAdams as Piper Parabo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Emily Blunt, should we just spend the next 40 minutes talking about she's how great she is, she is all the, all the time? So much. Every second of every day. Back and, to McAdams, though. Do you think there's a record of the phone call to her agent when she saw this movie and just screamed at him? <laughs> Yeah, I have. It's a Christian Bale sort of thing. very specific request out of you, Barry. Every if there, time travel movie. If there is a time travel movie, I am in it. I thought it was about telekinesis. I didn't know it was time travel. Well, it's your job to know, Barry. It's your job to know. Click, click. Yeah, it's great. Um, the blunderbusses are cool. Yes, I don't know why that's such a cool thing, but to bring back a Civil War era gun yeah. for this futuristic movie is crazy and fun. Uh, the actual little, uh, what are they called? Motorcycles that are on jet engines. Yeah. Very simple, but also cool. Mm-hmm. And the TK thing I mentioned. Yeah. I don't know why telekinesis is always so fun. It's such a fun little yeah. thing to add to. That's what I like X-Men, too. I just love yeah, the... Yeah. Somebody's ability to control things with their mind right. is always... And Chronicle, too. It's just always been such no, a my, cool My character thing. X-Men, Professor Charles Xavier, he can control things with his mind. And all of her clothes fall off. <laughs> Is that but your uh, is that your James McAvoy? Movie? No, it's. Have you ever seen Patrick Stewart on Extras? No, when he's trying to explain a Gervais. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, no, it has Gervais. That's why I haven't seen it. But <laughs> this I is one of the all time. I know, with... but you have to see this clip because it's just Google it at home. Do it's him saying he's working on a film himself. Patrick Stewart's working on a film himself, and he's like, he, "My character in X Men, Professor, he can control things with his mind." I thought, what if you could do that in the real world? And he goes through like seven different scenarios, but all of them are just him getting women to take their clothes off. <laughs> and she tries to cover herself, but I've already seen everything. He's like, "This is a complete perv." E.T. He is. In terms of the Rainmaker, so we find out that there's this TK in the future. Mm-hmm. That is closing everybody's loops. It's basically making a, a crap show out of the entire future, right? Yeah. And Joe's future, more specifically. Uh, you know, he, old Joe tells young Joe, hey, something bad's going to happen if we don't stop this kid now, mm-hmm. you know? And that, you never think of it to be a little kid, but when he is a little kid, that makes it weirder. And man, the kid actor, I don't know his name, Noah Segan, I think is his name. I think it's. Pierce. No, that's not his name. That's another guy in here. Pierce Gagnon or something like that. Anywho, he's really good. He's great. Yeah, it's a, it's a very good kid performance. P- Pierce Gagnon. Yeah, that's his name. Oh, he's he. Uh, what else was he in? What did I see him in? <sighs> Wish I was here. Maybe okay. he was in Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland. Oh, that's it. That's you remember what it was. that movie. His Imagine character's good- name is Nate Newton in Tomorrowland. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> it makes total sense when he drives around with a bus full of coke. Yeah, dang it! Uh, and it was pot, Brian. Uh, Do your bad. research. My bad. Um, this, yeah, that kid's great, and it's always, always when we saw the movie for the first time. You know, they kept 
they kept the kid out of all advertising and trailers yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So you didn't really know that that, I mean, that's the central point of the entire movie and we had no clue about it. So a great job yeah. cutting trailers and such, but, but, uh, it, it does serve as kind of a surprise and it is, it is very affecting and it works really well. You know, I haven't watched this movie in two or three years until, until this last week. And I forgot how, kind of awful and depressing the scene is when when bruce willis kills the first kid and then the way you can see how he feels what he just did and whatnot it's it's a very powerful moment that entire uh plot point obviously it drives the whole movie and and it's you would not have expected that going in whatsoever yeah it's it's also contradictory kind of to set a movie in the future but have it take place entirely on a farm yeah. Like on the most rural sure. kind yeah. of it's most like first part of Interstellar. Yeah. yeah. It uh it's contradictory, but it, it oddly works, works yeah. very well. Mm-hmm. And the diner too, the old rundown yeah, diner totally. too. Well, and it also serves as it serves the purpose of not having to we you know, we talked about how the technology doesn't look all that advanced. It serves a purpose of not having to perpetually I guess you CGI to mask what it looks like currently. You know what I mean? Like it's way easier to say this farm looks pretty much like a farm does because farms have looked the same for yeah two hundred or three hundred years. You can assume they'll they'll look the same for the yeah, next two hundred. It, it's difficult. It would be much more difficult. To the modern farm. Base this in Detroit and have you know yeah. change the the look of the city. That's, you're right. The only thing that's different on the farm is the truck has the little like mm-hmm. tubes on it. Yeah. Like that's it. <laughs> that's yeah. all I had to do you, to you make can, this the future. Yeah, you can assume that like some of the I don't know the, the, some of the farm equipment is more advanced, but the farm itself is going to be a farm, and that's. Okay. It's very We're not approving on dirt. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So he has to Joe has a decision to make, young Joe, right? He can either kill Sid, the kid, and um essentially end his inevitable future. Uh huh. Or kill or close his loop by killing old Joe. Or you know, kill the wife or kill Emily Blunt or kill you know, there are several things he can do. So when it all comes to all comes ahead and they all come together towards the end, it's the kid going crazy and then young and young Joe kind of a bystander and old Joe is going to kill him. And I honestly thought the first time I was like, he's going to kill old Joe, right? Mm -hmm. He's going to kill old Joe and then spend the rest of his life in happily ever after with Emily Blunt and the kid. Right. Right. And they're going to, you know, he's going to become his friend and he's not going to become a TK assassin because he had a good future with a dad who loves him and all right. that very happy ending. That's what I expected to happen. But when that didn't happen and young Joe kills himself, essentially dis erasing old Joe from the picture, mm-hmm. leaving Emily Blunt and her kid to live by themselves happily ever after we assume right is a, uh, it's kind of a twist. Yeah. It's a good twist and it opens up an endless string of possibilities of what, happens you know this the movies are you you said ken that's a very simple movie and it totally is but it it part of its simplicity is not answering any questions or many questions and letting you decide what how does the timeline work 30 years from now and does this kid still become the rainmaker or is he you know does this change the future or does it end up the exact same way or does it change in a worse way? You know, does it get better? Does it get worse? Um, it's, it's such a weird, uh, you, your mind can go wherever you want it to go basically. And you can kind of just 
decide for yourself like what happens what takes place how does this kid go from here what does he become i think something that in hindsight maybe i wish they could have done a little bit less of was the face replacement stuff i love that man. i think it's cool but now that i know it like i didn't notice it at first i just thought it, he looked he was like making a weird face now that i know it i don't know why they did that because is it really that unbelievable that Joseph Gordon-Levitt grew up to be Bruce Willis. I think that's what they thought. Like, they look so different that no one would ever believe that this is his. I don't think so. I, I think, I think the prosthetics, it works either way. I think the prosthetics work, but it works mostly because Joseph Gordon-Levitt did such a great job of studying and then projecting yeah. Bruce Willis. Right. I think it works versus. from a mannerism perspective alone. You don't have to warp the guy's eyes or anything. But it did like make that. this movie a lot of money because they, that was a big part of the marketing appeal of this. Mm-hmm was this technology where he looks exactly... I mean, that's all you ever heard about this movie until people saw it. Yeah. So maybe it made them some money. So yeah. on, that, on that case, I, I support it. I like it. I think that technology can be used poorly, and we've seen it done poorly a couple times recently, but that one, this one works really well to me. I think it... And I think it plays well within the movie. I and, need to see the Rogue One one again, because I didn't have a problem with that one, but you I guys said either. it was... I've heard a lot of people that was like, really... I thought it looked fine, but... Yeah, I did too. I thought it looked, for at least Tar- Tarkin, it was like otherworldly, like not in a good way. For see, me, it was like a statue that was talking, or I don't know, yeah. like a wax I, figure or something. I liked it. My wife didn't know that that was taking place. Yeah, either did so. But... That to me said that this is done pretty well. And I kind of forgot too that he was dead. I just kind of was in the moment thinking about the movie and the character. And then I was like, mm-hmm. oh, wait, this guy's been dead for. Yeah. In Italy, this was released by Walt Disney. Luke huh. was. That's interesting. There's another <laughs> little Easter egg. Okay. So, any grades, closing thoughts on Looper? I don't think this one. By the way, this made 176 million yeah. for a 30 million dollar budget, so yeah. it was a huge success. Yeah, considering um, it was a kind of an isolated thing. I don't think this should have sequels. This no. is such a great standalone sci-fi movie that if they, I don't think Ryan Johnson would ever want him to do a sequel, uh-huh. but I'm sure they want to would try to or want to. Um, it's it's a great world. I yeah. love the world that he's built. I love the rules of the world and the technology, and I think a movie like this could work, but. It's such a good standalone that yeah. I hope it stays that way. Same. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt's so good in this. He too. is awesome. He had a good couple of years. You haven't seen him much lately. He did. He's had some weird career choices. And Bruce Willis is really good too. And you you never you really never know what you're going to get from Bruce Willis. <laughs> Both personally and <laughs> yeah. The one thing I am disappointed in this movie. It's not this movie's fault at all. But when I saw this, I was like, we're about to enter a golden age of sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And then we got a couple years later. We got uh, that was the one with Oscar Isaac and. Uh, Ex Machina. Yeah, Ex Machina. And there's been one or two others, but of similar kind of budgets and scale. Mm-hmm. But it hasn't really ushered in. It's such a creative, fun genre that you can do so much in. And, yeah. and you can satire and comment so much on modern culture. I guess her kind of fits in there a little bit. Yeah. But uh, it hasn't really happened as much as I would hope. Because these are always my favorite movies now, because I think they're the most interesting. Right. Yeah, it's kind of. We we kind of are in a golden era for sci-fi, but it's being done on a blockbuster scale instead of on like this kind of. Well, level. yeah, I mean, you know I, I mean? but I kind of I'm talking more of the like Philip K. Dick style, not uh-huh. the Star Wars yeah. stuff. Yeah, which I, I equally no, I no, like, no, I but I mean more yeah. of the kind of yeah fifty million dollar budget. Uh huh. Yeah. And and I was really hoping that right because this was so successful, but you know, it's a really good idea and, and really good ideas, interesting ideas. 
are a hard to think of mm-hmm. and b when someone does like ryan johnson they're gonna get scooped up right by, they get snapped up immediately yeah yeah but duncan something. jones does moon and then he spends seven years on warcraft exactly you know? so i mean that's part Stuff of it like too that. yeah yeah. So all we have to do is direct one decent movie, and we can direct Star Wars. Yeah. That's, that's the goal. Basically, that's, that's the goal. what the requirement has been so far. Yep. Oh, you're decent at directing? Here's Star Wars. It worked for Josh Trank. <laughs> Except he's... He, he screwed himself. Yeah, in that one. He had it. Man, could you ever live with yourself if you were given Star Wars, and then they took it away from you? I could not ever show my face ever again in anywhere. <laughs> He'll bounce back. No, I hope not. You can't keep, you can't spank the trank. <laughs> okay. That's what his back tat says. <laughs> so Looper, available now. Yeah. Fun one to go rewatch. I fun love one this to movie. talk about. Yeah, I, too. I, did. I did show this movie to Sarah. It compares I compare it to um Primer. Have you guys seen that? Yeah. Uh huh. It's very Primer's similar. Great. Yeah. I haven't Pr- seen Primer. Should I see Primer? Primer yes. is okay. it's on Netflix. It, it was actually made by some guys in Dallas. Oh, you told I remember once yeah. we were in the car. Yeah. Uh, and you told me about Primer, but I hadn't seen it. Okay, Primer is named Caruth. Shane Caruth. Shane Caruth. It's like not a twenty eight thousand dollar budget. The they made it right? for like ten grand or something. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then basically, the plot of the movie is they accidentally make a time machine in their yeah. garage, okay. yeah. and then like crazy things happen. It's really good. It is way more complicated than Looper. Okay, like, yeah. As far now, as the timeline on yeah. that, did they have to? So it was ten thousand dollar budget. Did they have? So I'm assuming McAdams worked for nine days. At some point <laughs> in the movie, they um like as they're building the time machine, they're watching the notebook, and it's only her scene. So <laughs> okay. that's how they got yeah. Her yeah. They okay. had to get her in somehow. <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, Primer is a good good. Okay, uh, I'll check Primer out. This. You yeah. said it's on Netflix. I think it is. Okay, I, that's where I watch it. It's been several years. Okay, cool. But it's yeah, it's really good. Uh, what grades will we give Looper? I'm going to give a solid A, man. I really this one hold. This one's a great one to watch the second time around because uh, you try awesome. to follow the, the timeline a little bit more. Totally. And Paul Dano, we didn't mention, who's great in everything, literally is really good in Looper. Yeah, he's also in this. Yeah, it's like the perfect level of Dano creepy. Uh-huh. Brian's scared of Paul Dano. I am. I've heard you've told me that he's normal in real life. Yeah, I don't, he's, I don't he's accept like, that. He just like loves the NBA and it's just like just, a bro like us. And I can't decide if that makes me more <laughs> off put by him or if I'm disappointed. Like he definitely seems like he should be living some sort of a Joaquin Phoenix sort of lifestyle. But yeah, no, I'm with you again. This is an A for me. This was in the top 10 in 2012 for me and, and stands up so well. Um, I think Ryan Johnson is brilliant. I, I love the process that he went through to make this. I mean, it, he has said that it took him that he basically took down ideas for this for ten years. Wow! Uh, before he, he finally put it together, I love all the open ended questions, especially about the kid and the you know the rainmaker, and you, it kind of leaves you to wonder in the future is the rainmaker trying to be king boss bad guy or is he like a vigilante who's gonna because really the people that he's killing are assassins. So is he? Is he trying to take over that, or is he just killing off bad people? Um, I, I think that's an interesting option to go with, and kind of like leaves your brain to decide what you what you think. But I love the way Joseph Gordon-Levitt and, and Bruce Willis interact, and and Joseph Gordon-Levitt and, and and Emily Blunt. It's this is such a good movie, and I think I think this is a movie that in twenty years you're going to watch it and say, "Man, this still looks awesome." And, like it, and it, why wasn't this nominated yeah, for stuff? Yeah. Why I think I think this looks better, kind of the way we just looked at uh, Full Metal Jacket last week or whenever. Um, I think 
that this is one that in the future you're going to look at and be like, man, that that holds up. Like that stands it's the not, test. Of like time. I said, that it's makes not. a difference. That's made a difference in filmmaking. Uh-huh. It's not like Back to the Future or Blade Runner. It's like, yeah, definitely not going to look like that. You know, it's it's right. a little too bombastic. I think this is subtly uh-huh. futuristic in a yeah. good way. I'm petrified of this Blade Runner remake. Man, I, th- I can't. I think it's Denny no. at the helm. Are you kidding? Yeah, I know. Gosling? I know, man. I'm Gosh, just gonna be awesome. I'm just. I'm against I'm it. Worried. I'm not worried at all. But if you're going to make it, just do it good. And I, I, I am. A, the, that first trailer was like, yes, this is what I want. This is exactly. Yep. what you're, If you're going to do this movie, this is what it needs to be to me. Uh, Richard, Richard, how about you? Is a great on this. I'm gonna go. Gosh, uh, I'm. Uh, screw it. I'm gonna go with an A plus. Boom. I love Looper. Same. Good job. Wow. Cool. All right. Well, where can we find you online, Brian? You can find me on the Twitter at Beagle12. You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter. Follow us on Twitter, buy a t shirt, get involved in whatever kind of giveaways we're doing. We'd mm-hmm. love to uh, mm-hmm. get more interaction with you. Richard, where uh, can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat at Richard Bard. You can find me at madaboutmovies.com or the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter. Um, do not get involved with me on social media. I don't care for it. And I don't care for you specifically. Kent, where can I find you on social media? On the Twitter at Kent Garrison on Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, uh, any social media, pretty much just search my name and, uh, we will see you uh, next time at the cinema. Bye. Goodbye. 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 Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I've got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. The salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.